Welcome to the Jesus Ministry Church podcast. Be sure to follow attentively because God has a message for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. God bless. God is good. And all the time. You are blessed to be in this house. And the Lord has a word for you and I. God's word is what you need, is what I need in order to serve God according to his will. Hallelujah. Now, I want to continue from what we began to see last Sunday in the big chapter of uh, the first love or the love of God that has to be in us in order to shine we began to talk of the works of love. We saw the works of love through the Father, that is God the Father. He expressed his love by sending his only begotten Son, Jesus. Following John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave. The world that he loved in John 3.16, is mankind. He loved man. To save man from sin, he sent Jesus. And then we saw the works of love through Jesus himself who was sent. He began his ministry by seeking and saving the lost. And how was he sent? With the power to heal, to deliver, the power to heal all manner of sicknesses, the power to deliver from all demonic oppressions. Amen. And then Jesus had disciples, and we saw the works of love through an exceptional disciple, that is Mary. Mary, the sister of Martha and uh, Lazarus. Then we went on to understand if that Mary is the same who also did uh, pour a perfume on Jesus in Luke chapter 7. Then we discover there is Mary called Magdalene. Just to say from Magdala, a town. Is it the same Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus? Some agree that is the same, some say no. Mary Magdalene is different from Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Anyway, the point is, what was done was an expression of love. And we can see through scriptures that it was done at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. It was also done toward the end of his ministry. He, I mean, Jesus was saying, what has been done is a good thing to me. The poor you will always have, but you will not always have me. And we understood from there that beside miracles, deliverances, there is another category of the act of love through giving. 
and actually giving empowers the other works of love to continue to be done. And we have to give exceptionally. Can someone say amen? amen? Now, I want to continue today by seeing these works of love through the disciples or mainly the apostles. How they did apply what they understood, they learned from Jesus. And the first scripture I want us to read is from John chapter 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. Are you there? If you find it, you can stand up and read for the church. John 14, verse 12. Very important scripture, and we will see how challenging it is. Okay, let me read. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes, whoever believes, or anyone who believes in me, will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Amen. Amen. Whoever believes, anyone who believes. Do you believe? Do you believe? Now, Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you, anyone, anyone, whoever believes, The works that I do shall he do, and even greater works than this. And I call those works the works of love, as we have seen, they are the result of the love of God within our heart. No one can perform those works constantly, permanently, if he is disconnected from God, unless they are devilish works. But we are talking here of genuine works of God. They are the result of our relationship with God. Now, Jesus said, if you do believe in him, you will do what he did. And not only what he did, it means in quality and in quantity, but you will even do greater than that. Now, to be frank, if you check your life, what is it that you have done so far? which is like what Jesus did, and even greater than what Jesus did. Is it not an exaggeration here? And why Jesus spoke that way? What he said, he meant it. So the teaching that I'm starting today and throughout the week, you can expand it yourself by Checking throughout the Bible, reading the gospel, seeing what Jesus did, reading the book of Acts, seeing what the apostles did, and try to see if what Jesus said came to pass or not. And beyond the apostles, you can study the history of the church. After the apostles... The church went through a dark period, dark age, 
with persecution, the power of God was lost, which means also the works of love disappeared. And they began to reappear not so long ago, about 300 years ago, that the power of God was rediscovered in the church. So it means the church is growing in the manifestation of the works of love because they were lost for so many centuries. They were lost. Now, what Jesus said is true. If you believe in him, you follow him, or you have a deep relationship with God and you know his love, not only you will do what he did, but you can do even greater than that. And the verb he's using is to do, to do, to do things, works. And I read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine so that people may see your good works and glorify your heavenly Father. Those works are the works of love. Now, we look into the power of God to make them happen. That's why we call them miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Now, what is the first act of love the apostles did after Jesus departed? Let us begin to check to verify what he said in John chapter 14, verse 12. Let us go in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3. Now, to gain time, we will not be able to read everything. In Acts chapter 3, we have this story of Peter and John who were going at the temple at the hour of prayer, the Bible says. Acts chapter 3. We read from verse 1. Are you there? Now Peter and John were going up to the temple to at the hour of prayer. Say with me, the hour of prayer. Now let me ask you this question. Where are you when it's the hour of prayer at church? Where are we when it is the hour of prayer at church? The hour of prayer can also mean when there is a service in your local church. Where are you? Where are we? Because they knew that it was the hour of prayer, they honored God by going to the hour of prayer. This is what happened. The Bible says it was 3 p.m. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask for money those to those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. 
And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Amazing miracle. Now, before I go further, this is the first miracle after Jesus departed. Of course, while with the apostles, he sent them at some occasions to pray for people to cast out demons. But we have not a specific record describing what they did. It's just to say they prayed for the sick, they did cast out demons. But now, after Jesus departed, a first miracle is presented to us, is described. Now, we try to link it to John 15, 14, 12. You believe in me, you will do not only what I did, but even greater than what I did. Now, considering this miracle, is it in the category of what Jesus did already? Or in the category of greater than what he did? What do you say? And if it is just the same as others he did, for which reason? If it is greater, what are or what is the reason? Come on, can you answer me? Is it just as Jesus did or already greater than what Jesus did? Now, if you say the same, why? Compare it to another one because it's the same. The man at the pool is better. I knew that that's why, that will be the answer. Now, did you read your Bible very well with the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda? Let us go in John chapter 5 and read that story. And this time I want someone else to read. Bring the microphone. If you find it, you read for us. Quickly, come there with the microphone at the front here. There is already a microphone here. Now, who did find John chapter 5? We read the story of the man of the pool of Bethesda. Now, read from verse 1. We are reading the story to, to see, to try to see what is different or what is identical. All right, uh, John chapter 5 from verse 1. Yes. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near a sheep, near a sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. 
and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was, who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Okay, we can stop there. Now, what is, some say it's the same kind of miracle. Who is saying it's different? Okay, in what is it different? In what is it different? Okay, it's different here. In Acts chapter 3, he was born lame. In this case, he became for 38 years. Are we together? Is it correct? He was born like that in Acts chapter 3. In this case, he became, or he was sick, and that sickness led him to be lame. And for 38 years, he was in that condition. Now, what is it that is more complicated to address as a situation? You are born like that. It means you are not sick. You are not necessarily sick. Because this man could talk, this man was there, they carried him daily. He wasn't there to seek a healing. He was there to seek for money. But this other one was in a condition that was painful and he needed a healing. And the healing was taking place at that pool. Every time an angel of God or the angel of God will stir up the water, the first to throw himself in the pool would receive his healing. But he could not have that opportunity until Jesus came and said, do you want to get well? And he ordained him to pick up his bed or his mat and walk. In Acts chapter 3, the man was born lame. Now I'm asking you, if you were to perform that miracle, which one you will pick up? Which one seems to be not complicated? To tell someone who's sick, whose sickness makes him paralyzed to be healed, or to tell someone who's telling you, I'm fine, what I need is money. You just give me money, I will buy food. <laughs> the second one, which second one? The one who was born then.
So he has never worked before. So even if he has to work, it will be for the first time. So it's more complicated. Now, who says it's the same? Anyway, all of them are paralyzed. Okay, so do you see that this first miracle that Peter and John had to perform is the fulfillment of a prophecy? We know when we read the gospel that in general Jesus caused or performed miracles and the paralyzed were healed, but it is in general. We don't know if they were paralyzed, born like that, or became paralyzed. But even if they, some of them were born paralyzed, it's not a confrontation. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just in general that the Bible says he healed, he performed miracles. And in most of the cases, people came to him with that expectation to be healed, to get well. But in this case, the person never came with that expectation. The person is asking for something else. Now, you are to initiate that. Am I communicating? You are the one to initiate. The person is asking you for money, but you are telling him, I don't have money to give you. But what I have, I give to you. Rise and walk. Whose faith is at work there? Because we always say, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is written, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, at a start, this man never expressed faith to be healed. He expressed faith to get money by asking for it. It's only later on that faith was communicated to him. When Peter said, look at us. And I'm sure he was attentively looking at them to say, now more money will come out of the pocket. So it wasn't his expectation to get well or to work that day. So you see, in quality, some miracles are exceptional because the one initiating them is the man of God or the person God is using. The person is not expecting that at all. Hallelujah. And once again, to do that, you have to be in deep intimacy with God. You don't just do it anyhow. Yes. Is it a cripple or, or is it a cripple or the one with eyes problem? No, eyes with cripple is different. No, from birth, 
that eyes problem. From birth, but walking problem. Every miracle is its in own category. So we will understand all this. Even when we perform miracle, you will see that some people are gifted to cause people to walk, then to open eyes. Have you noticed that? So when we are saying, Jesus himself said, you will do not only what I have done, and you will be even greater than this, it means every miracle is it's, it's in its own category. If we classify in the category of the lamb walking, can we see where Jesus did exactly that? If we don't have the record, then what he said has come to pass. You understand how the approach? Now, if we go in the category of the, the, the blind, that's why I said go and check. What is it that Jesus did in this category that uh, the apostle did? What is it that Jesus never did? Because it's not recorded, I can say. That the apostle did so that what Jesus said can be proven to be true. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. If he said, not only you will do what I've done, and you will do even greater. The greater means I didn't do. I didn't do those kind of things. But I will give you to do them because I'm going to the Father. Is it now clear? So that understanding is very important. If we do not understand that, then it's like what Jesus said was just an exaggeration. It's not applicable to us. Because after what is Jesus, he can do, he was here to do everything. But why he said so? He said so because he will continue to do those things by being in us. Is it now clear? Is it now clear? Okay, so here we are analyzing that kind of miracle. A lamb walking from birth, a lamb from birth walking, and someone who became lame because of a sickness, yet walking. And the first miracle the apostles performed after Jesus departed is this one. Now, being in, at their place, what would be a human reaction? You can say, ah, you, you have been born like this. So I don't think that here I can try. You better stay like that. But because they heard that statement of Jesus, they understood it. That's why they said, silver and gold we do not have. What we have, we give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the man did walk. Are we together? Now, the point is, can we repeat the same kind of works of God in our days? You are saying yes. Are you so sure? How many works of that nature 
in your environment have you seen? How many works of love of that nature since you have been born again have you seen happening? Let us be frank. They are rare, isn't it? Now, why are they rare? Is it because we don't have people like that? We do have them, isn't it? And so many. But why are we not able to repeat those works? Yet we are the church. And we are reading John 14, 12. Jesus said, if you believe, not only will you do what I've been doing, you will do even greater than, than what I've did. The fact that we are not able to manifest those works of love is the result of our ignorance of this love of God. Hallelujah. But that ignorance is a result of a demonic oppression which began just after this miracle was performed. And that's what I want to show us. Let us now read Acts chapter 4. When you go home, you will read the entire chapter 3. After they performed that miracle, they were arrested. Peter and John were arrested and beaten. Arrested and beaten by whom? By the leaders or religious leaders, religious people, who did not want the name of Jesus to be magnified. They said, if we let these people continue to do this, everyone will follow them. Therefore, we have to forbid them to do this kind of works. Chapter, Acts chapter 4. Are you there? Now we read, just to gain time. We read from verse 23. Acts chapter 4 from verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends. They went to their brothers and sisters and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. What is it that they said to them? Stop doing what you are doing. Stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, it means they prayed, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentile rage and the people plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly 
in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you, you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threat. Look upon what their threat. And grant to your servant to continue, to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I stop there before I continue the reading. Now, this threat that came from religious leaders was instigated by Satan. It is Satan who entered them. Because normally as religious people or leaders in the temple, they were not supposed to be against the apostles or the disciples of Jesus. Now, just as they were against Jesus because the enemy entered them, they were still against his followers, disciples. Satan will always be against the manifestation of God's power. That's why any child of God, any man of God who is moving in the demonstration of God's power will always be persecuted, attacked, because Satan is against that. He knows that that power will take people out of captivity. It is the cause of sicknesses, diseases, infirmities, all these bad things. He wants people to remain afflicted like that. The one who comes to take them out becomes his enemy. He is ready to use people, to enter into people, to disturb or to stop anyone who is displaying the works of love. So the apostles understood that this is a threat for, from Satan. And they remembered the prophecy David said, that is in Psalm chapter 2, why the nations plot against the anointed one. And they said, we will not stop. Let us pray. Now, we are facing the same threat. But we stop praying. We stop praying. The reason why we do not see John chapter 14, 12 being fulfilled in our lives in the church and at a large scale, it is our inability to consider the threat from the enemy, our inability to pray. Hallelujah. And in Luke chapter 3, it was the hour of prayer. Peter and John were going to pray. It means they knew how important prayer was. And when they were beaten, arrested, they joined other disciples. I say the church, because now the church is already formed. The Bible said they joined their brothers and sisters, and they prayed. 
What is happening with us is, when we pray, we are not all together. It is two or three few that are praying. And many are expecting the unusual to take place. Am I communicating? I'm not just saying this concerning our local church, but it is applicable to all churches. Many are the churches without miracles. Many are the churches where miracles, signs, and wonders have disappeared. Very few churches are still operating in signs, miracles, and wonders. Am I saying the truth? Why? Because many are the churches that are not praying. The model we have of the church today is totally something different from the church in the book of Acts. Our pastors, our leaders are not praying. The majority of them, believers, they are not praying. When you tell them we have service, there is prayer, come to church, they do not come. Or they are not consistent. Or they don't understand that it is by being consistent in prayer that miracles are activated. We pray occasionally, but not consistently. And we do not pray with the vision of activating and common miracles. Following John 14, verse 12. We do not pray to see not only what Jesus did, but even greater than what he did. We have lost that vision. Maybe because of our modern society. I don't know. But I consider it is a threat from the kingdom of darkness to distract the church, giving to the church another approach. And we begin to take that approach as the model of the church. Hallelujah. May God give us the grace to go back to the right model. I say, may God give us the grace to go back to the right model of the church. So the right model of the church is the church full of the works of love. That was the beginning of the church Jesus left. Following what he said. Hallelujah. God has given me the grace to go several times to the church like the Synagogue Church of All Nations. I did study the secret behind the permanent miracles that are going on in every gathering. It's not about just one man, a man of God. Now he's not even there. God has taken him away. Yet, miracles continue to happen there. And that is an act of God to prove that 
it's not about one man. It's about the secret he understood. And following the instruction God gave to him, the secret is the network of prayer 24-7. What is the secret? Network of prayer around that ministry 24-7. So the church is not prayer on Sunday for two hours, and then you go home, and you wait another Sunday, and you want common miracles to happen. They can happen here and there, but not permanently. Do you understand the secret? The secret for permanent works of love, signs, miracles, wonders, is a network of prayer 24-7. Hallelujah. And God is calling us to implement that vision. And for it to happen, the church has to be a growing church. Because one man cannot be there 24-7 praying. Even when a man of God is fully anointed, he needs to rest sometime, isn't it? But while he's resting, someone is praying for him. At the synagogue church of all nations, I'm taking that church because it's a church of reference in terms of miracles, the power of God. Study the history of the church from the time Jesus left, the apostles uh, ended their ministry. Persecution began, miracles signed, the power of God disappeared from the church. It is the church of the reference in reinstating miracles in that, uh, at that level. You can study the history of the church. Nowhere on earth there has been a church in a specific location where people will be healed, delivered, miracles will take place like that on a regular basis. You can study the history of the church, you find it nowhere. Beside the days of Jesus, the apostles. But most of us, when they don't study the church, they don't understand that. So don't be the instrument of Satan attacking miracles. Am I communicating? Are we together? Very important. So, let us pray, church. And this year, God is telling us, shine brighter and brighter. How do you apply that? Take a decision. I will be more prayerful. I will pray not only for myself, my family, but I will pray for others. I will pray for my pastor. I will always be at church when there is a service. I will always, I don't have excuses. No, I work too much. So now we are praying for you to have jobs. Once you have a job, you disappear from the church. So we should stop praying for you to get jobs so that we have you in the church. No, we can't pray like that. You need to be active in life, isn't it? And I pray even for you to be very busy in life. Yet, always knowing when to be 
in the house of God. Why? Because I need to pray for someone has to be healed. For someone has to be delivered. It's not all about me. Our vision is I go to church because I need something. Once I have it, I don't need to go. I'm blessed. When I will have another problem, I will come back. And once my problem is fixed, I disappear. No, the early church did not behave like that. They prayed because what Jesus said had to come to pass and had to continue. So go beyond your personal needs. You might not be sick. You might not need, uh, I don't know, money. You have it already. You, you have a house. It's well, it is well with you. But as a child of God, the church is the place you come to pray for the works of love to be manifested. And this is how the name of Jesus will be glorified more and more. Can I hear a amen? So be different this year. We need your prayers. If it is well with you, come and pray because I need your prayers. Don't say, no, pastor, I'm praying for you at home. I'm with you in the spirit. No, gathering together is the key. The Bible says they gathered. Peter did not just go home. John did not just go home and say, I will pray on my own. Afterward, Jesus will hear me. No, they knew the power in gathering together and praying together. As I was saying, at that church, synagogue church of all synagogue church of all nations, there is a network of intercessors. Twenty-four-seven, every day, every hour, people are praying. And even when you want to go there for a healing, they will ask you, fill your a form online, this and that. Because for certain things to happen, they have to ask God, what are you saying about this case? Especially when it is desperate to human mind, this case is complicated. If God does not show up here, nothing will happen they will ask you to wait until they invite you. Why are they doing that? Because those who are praying has to say, God is telling us this will be settled here. Am I communicating? Are we together? That is the secret behind miracles, but we, the way we operate is just, you just come, we pray, Yes, we will have some result, but certain things we will not see. Why? Because we do not focus in prayer on those issues to hear from God. When you understand that, we can't do everything in a service on Sunday. We can't pray for all issues on Wednesday. That's why that network of intercession has to be in place then people can be there. They are praying. They are coming to pray because there are certain issues that are there. With the leader, God will clarify how to pray. This week, pray like this. This is what we are expecting. Continue to pray. Continue to ask God, am I communicating? 
So they gathered and they did what? They prayed. Hallelujah. Oh, this is your year to pray like never before. In the name of Jesus. Now, how did they pray? Verse 29. I was reading already 29. Let me read it again. And now, Lord, look upon their threat and grant your servant to continue. We don't want to stop. We have to continue to speak your word with all boldness while stretch out your hand to heal and sign and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Another version says, stretch out your hand to perform signs, miracles, and wonders. That was the prayer point. They prayed. Now, we don't know if they just prayed for 10 minutes, if it was one hour, the whole day, if it was for days. But they were so determined that after they prayed, the Bible says, the place where they gathered, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together, they were gathered together as the church, together, considering the threat and considering what Jesus said, you will do not only what I did, but even greater than what I did. The place where they were gathered together was shaken. Hallelujah. That was not a, a, a prayer on the surface. They were so serious about it. They knew what they wanted. And God saw that they were determined. As a sign... The place shook. Imagine we are here praying because we want God to perform miracles in South Africa and all over the world. And because of that determination, God answers, not only we know he's the God who answers prayer, but he gives us a sign. An earthquake takes place. You feel that the building is shaking. You will never forget that in your life. Isn't it? And you know for good that what is said is a reality in my life. That's how we should seek God, brothers and sisters. So not, let not, not do church as usual. Because you see other churches doing it in a certain way. Go back to the word of God. At the first service, I was saying, the powerful prophecy you have is in scriptures. Jesus is telling you already, he's prophesying over your life. If you believe in me, you will do not only what I did, but even greater than what I did. That prophecy is enough for you to see God in prayer. But we are so lazy to pray. Every day we want prophet. What is it that God is saying? But you can't pray. You can't fast. Decide to fast. Read scriptures. Take that vision as your prophecy. Seek God with it. It is enough. Seek him until you see him giving you a sign. 
It might not be to shake the place, but it will give you somehow a sign for you to know he has heard you. If we haven't yet seek God to that extent, let us continue to seek him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has told me several times, there is no point of view of multiplying types of prayer with people who cannot even come regularly to pray once in a week. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let me put it this way. Suppose God says, take some people, go with them in a prayer for one week. If the people I take and I go to pray with them in that prayer, never be, they have never been regular members in terms of coming to the services, even if I pray with them for one week, the impact will be lesser than the impact of praying with people who have been so engaged and regular. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we say we will have 21 days of fasting and prayer, but throughout the year, you have been absent in the church. Now it's 21 days. Now, prayer, I believe in prayer. You are in it. Good. No one will say don't pray. But the reality is you have not been prepared for that. Do you understand how spiritual things work? So let us be faithful in small things, simple things before God takes us in complicated things. It's very important. They knew why and how to pray. And when the matter became complicated, they prayed with one heart, one mind. And the place where they were gathered the Bible says it shook. And the Bible says they were all, all filled, all. And they were all, not some of them, all. All of them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. They were all. Amen. So shall it be with you. I say, so shall it be with you. In the name of Jesus. Now, an other work of love that manifested in that early church is from verse 32. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and so, there were many. We know already that 3,000 joined the church. And they continued to join. Now, that huge number, see them praying as one man. One heart. That is not what we are achieving here. We have become so lazy when it comes to attend our church, to pray. Not knowing that that laziness is working against us. When we will need the works of love, we will not see them. 
and we will remain in our problems. Every church that has a breakthrough in prayer will experience the works of love, signs, miracles, and wonders. Hallelujah. Now, they were one in heart and in soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving the testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. Because all of them were included in the process. No one was left behind. There was not a needy person among them. There was not a needy person among them. Now, question. Have you ever read it about Jesus? Ministering, gathering crowds. And the Bible said, and there was no needy person among the crowd Jesus gathered. Have you ever recorded that? You are hesitating to say whatever because you don't read the Bible. If you are a reader of the Bible, this should shock you. And there was no needy person among them, among the crowd that the apostles gathered as the church. The Bible says, affirmation, there was no needy person. Is it not greater than what Jesus did? I don't know if you read the Bible the way I'm reading it. That's how I read the Bible. When I see such a verse, I understand that this is a fulfillment of John 14, verse 12, which Jesus said. Not that Jesus was not able to do that. No. He knew that certain things will be done after he's gone. And he said it. You will do that because I'm going to the Father. I will continue to live in you. I will continue to do things, and they will be even greater than what I did while on earth. So it is the same Jesus in the disciples, in the apostles, being at work. Now, Jesus being at work in the apostles managed to eradicate poverty. No needy person. Is it an exaggeration? Or it's something that took place indeed. It took place indeed because the Bible is about the Holy Spirit inspiring the apostles to write it down. And here it's Luke who wrote Acts, Dr. Luke, an evangelist, anointed by God. So what he's saying is accurate. There was no needy person among them. But how many needy do we have in our churches today? And I wonder we have them for many years. They joined the church. They remain the same yesterday, today, and I fear to say forever. So we have a problem. 
For that to happen, the Bible says, a great grace was upon all of them. With great power, the apostles were testifying. And these things are the result of communion with God. They were meeting to pray, to be taught, as we saw. They persevered in the teaching, in prayers, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread. Why we have so many poor? Not that we cannot affect and, and change the life of others, but we lack the love of God in our heart. Let me take this simple reason. You have an opportunity of a job somewhere. You say, those brothers in the church, I don't trust them. You invite them here. You employ them where you are. They will come and fight you. Before you know it, you, you lose your job and they remain there. These are things that are happening. You are in the church, but your heart is not sincere. A brother, a sister gives you an opportunity. Once there, you fight him. Someone gives you an opportunity. You begin now to go to his boss and say, don't you know that he's like this? I know him very well. You, you don't know him. I have been with him for years. Why? Because you want to take his position. Because of that kind of heart in the church, poverty is maintained. Some, when they have opportunities, they can't open the doors to others. Why? They don't want others to prosper. They have to control everything. Do you see our problem? God cannot guard us the way we are without having the capacity to change the lives of people. Prayers are answered through people. But for you to know how to serve your brother or sister, you have to be filled with the love of God. Am I communicating? Now, the Bible says they shared whatever they had. They did put everything together. No one said, this is my own. It means they were open-minded people, ready to express love toward one another as a result of transformed hearts through prayer. And poverty disappeared. It means a poor person from out there who will join that church will be transformed. His life will change. If he was jobless, for instance, by joining the church, he will end up finding a job. If he did not have a capital to start a business by joining the church, someone will provide. But those things have become complicated to do today in the church. Hallelujah. I pray God that he gives us exceptional hearts so that we too can eradicate poverty in the name of Jesus. Sometimes some people are ready to help, but they don't know who to help. 
because you are facing people whose hearts are not sincere at all. For your heart to be pure, you have to be forged by God. As you come to the teachings, you come in prayers, you are delivered. So, on both sides, there is a great work that has to be done. Now, to end the story here, I want us to pray for even 15 minutes. The Bible says, Those who owned properties sold them from time to time, and they brought money and put it at the feet of the apostles. And not only that, someone whose name was Joseph, and the apostles gave him the name son of encouragement, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field, I can say a farm, he sold it and brought all the money and put it at the apostles' feet. If you live today in Joburg and you have a field, a farm around, and you have to sell it, I'm sure it's not less than 15 million. Now imagine you bring 15 million in Jesus' ministry church. You understand what it means? So I can have the anointing to cast out demons, to heal the sick, but I lack 50 millions. My anointing will never be amplified. They continued with miracles, signs, and wonders, with more works of love, because people like Joseph were there. they could avail a lot of money. Not neglecting others who sold properties. It's good. So what am I trying to say? When the love of God is in place, all the gifts that God has put together will operate, will manifest. So among us here, we have people who are gifted to bring millions. But some of them, they don't know, or they are not yet ready. When they have the millions, they will give thousands. They will act like Ananias and Sapphira. After they saw Joseph doing that, they also saw the property. They came with part of the money. No one told them to sell the property. But after selling it, they brought part of the money. Is it I did plus that you saw the property? They lied. They say yes. Now you are lying to an anointed man of God. In those days, it was dangerous. In nowadays, we lie anyhow. I'm telling you, what some people are doing is terrible. Because we are very far from the actual vision of the church. Now, these people, after they lied, the man came. Peter asked him, instead of saying the truth, he was persistent. You are bringing part of the money to die. Why can't you just say, I sold my property at such a price. I have 
decided to bring such amount. The money is still yours. But to imitate someone else, probably because they saw the grace or the favor that was on Joseph, they said, let us also attract that same favor so that the apostles maybe can consider us also somehow. They lied, not knowing that lie was leading to the death. The woman came, the wife came. She lied as well. She died. The two of them were buried the same day. But why is this written? The Bible says, when the church heard that, the fear of the Lord invented the art of everyone. It means everyone said, don't lie the Holy Spirit. Serve God with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit. It is my year to shine brighter. Help me to pray. Help me to pray more and more until my full potential begins to manifest in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.